Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Last two games really haven't guarded well. Um, we just got to get that attitude back that we've had for the past month and a half, and you know you can't you can't um, can't start out slow and expect to come back every single game. You know, eventually, like I think teams are going to react and win shots. You know, we, we hit some shots. We did our thing on offense, but when you when you let not just one guy, you know, you could, you could easily say Demar had 38, you know, but we defended him. You know, he hit tough shots, but when you like myself letting um, Dejounte get three mid ranges with no contest, you know, like when he, he gets going, you got Patty, Marco, you got Derek White hitting three, like. You know, you got guys um, contributing to, to tomorrow. It makes it tough to kind of know where the offense is going to come from. You know, and I think we missed little things, even like the missed blockouts, you know, stuff like that. Things we can control. And, you know, we got to get back to the way we've been playing the last month where it's been like, you know, aggressive, you know, on both ends of the floor. The Jazz have back-to-back losses for the first time since early December. That obviously is Donovan Mitchell talking about the lack of defense, especially noticeable in the first half when they gave up 70 points which there's just no way to spin that. 70 is brutal. And they lose to the Spurs 127-120. There were a lot of little things, and we can discuss them all going forward, but too many uncontested shots, not nearly enough stops, too many fouls, trips to the free throw line. And it's funny, the one thing the Jazz did really poorly offensively, despite the fact they scored 120 points and that ought to be enough to win the game, make your free throws. The Spurs made their free throws. They went to the free throw line, and they were great. The Jazz went to the free throw line, and they were lousy. And that disparity, neither team was mediocre. You're an NBA team, you're under 70%. It just just screams you're not mentally dialed in. Now, part of it, you got a guy who's not a good free throw shooter, and even for him, he had a bad night, and that's Rudy Gobert. He was 9 of 18. But other guys missed free throws, too. They started having a little rally, started having a little comeback in the third quarter, and they tightened the game up, but it stalled. Clarkson missed a couple free throws. Conley went to the line. He missed free throws. He just, it just, it's like a turnover. You set the line, he missed two free throws like Clarkson did. It's, it's the same as a turnover. You do everything right on offense. But that wasn't where most of the problems were. It was at the other end. And when they fouled the Spurs, the Spurs shot 90%. You're, they're shooting 90% of the line, and you're shooting 69.5% of the line. You're, you're giving away way too many points. But as Donovan pointed out, they also gave away points in a, what, a, a wide variety of ways. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. And stop giving up 120 points in a game. Because if you tell me you're giving up 120, more than 120 points in a game, I know you're in trouble. I know you win some of those shootouts. They won in New Orleans, 128-126. You're not always doomed. I guess you can say the Spurs gave up 120 last night, but Jazz got a few there at the end that were pretty easy and weren't going to change the game. For the Jazz now, that's back-to-back games, giving up... More than 120 points. The Rockets, 126 to 117. So that's 126 right there. When they went to overtime with the Pelicans and lost, they gave up 122 points. When they hold teams, you know, around 100, they win, right? Mavericks, 107. They held the Pacers to 88. And the Warriors to 96. The Kings to 101. It's, that's the neighborhood you need to be in. Be within a few points of 100. Start giving up 122, 126, 127, you're going to end up in, in trouble. And the question now is, 
I think this is always a question when you're on streaks in the NBA. Every team has good stretches. Every team has bad stretches. When you're coming off a hot streak and you have that valley, how deep does it go and how long do you stay there? Okay, this is back-to-back losses. Is it going to be three, four, or five in a row? Is it going to be three out of five, seven out of ten? Or do they turn it right around now and, and they win five of the next six? And so, yeah, those two games sucked and you gave away games. You think you should have won. And you can always look at the standings and if this, if that, what it could have, should have, we could be higher. But honestly, if you get out of it, the Lakers had a four-game losing streak right around Christmas. But you look at either side of that, there's really strong play. There were winning streaks. So it wasn't that bad because you go big picture and you're 14-6. and six. Well, That's going to get it done. So we'll see how long the Jazz stay in this. Donovan says all the right things. But on the court, how quick does that translate to holding some team to 100 points, making your free throws, and getting back in the winning column? Great thing about the NBA, there's always another game coming, and there's another game coming tonight in Denver. 8.30, TNT. Coverage will start at 7.30 with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show. We got the question up online, Facebook. All right, that's back-to-back losses for the first time since early December. Thoughts? explanations. It's a lot of Mike Conley talk. Not fair to dump this all on one guy. At the same time, that wasn't great basketball out of Mike Conley either. So, we can talk about that coming up. We got people all over the map. There's people who want to stay patient and let him find his way in this offense and other people are ready to make a trade. So we got that to look forward to. Coming up, uh, we'll do that in our next segment. And then uh, Craig Bullerjack will be here at 8.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Oladipo has it. 12 seconds to go. Long one. Care to chime in? Boom, baby. There you boom, go. Boom, boom, boom. Dame dribbles around. Harden steps back, fades away. 20-footer. Got it. He dribbles and drives. He lays it up and bakes it in. The Moda Center fans are on their feet. Damian Lillard hears it. His first career triple-double. Damian Lillard continues to do his thing. The Blazers win again. Now there's still six games under 500. Blazers and the Spurs, both on the outside of the playoff race, looking in. But both within shouting distance, and they can still get to the postseason with a strong finish. The Rockets, like the Jazz, are going through a, going through a tough stretch here. There's, uh, there's no way around it. Uh, Harden did play. He didn't play very well. He certainly shot a really low percentage, and he didn't get to the line nearly as much as he normally does. Five of 18 from the floor. That's below his normal numbers. Two of eight from three. Six of six at the line. Westbrook also played. He had a big game, 39 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. But like the Jazz, it's not so much about the offense. It's the defense. They didn't give up 70 points in the first half. They gave up 71. And they lose 125 to 112. So... For the Houston Rockets, the slippage continues. They've lost uh, two of their last three games, and they are in the last nine, three, and six. So, lousy stretch for them. The best-slash-worst video of the night in the NBA was probably Alfred Payton going after Jay Crowder. If you didn't see that, first off, let's just say right at the start, it was all completely unnecessary. I get that in games, guys are competing. And it's a dog-eat-dog world, right? 
They will, if you can't defend, they will put you on an island and they will go after you until the coach takes you out of the game. And so you start grabbing, you start holding the other guy. Doesn't like, All that, that's one thing. This, if you saw it, was something completely different. It was a blowout. It wasn't competitive. Welcome to the New York Knicks world. Memphis, 127-106. So in the final minute, with the game completely and thoroughly decided, without a doubt, Jay Crowder goes for a steal in the backcourt. So that just goes against NBA etiquette. You're just not supposed to do that. And then he dribbles to the three-point line to take three. Probably not supposed to do that either. Elvin Payton was having none of it. He ran over there, didn't come close to making a play on the ball. Shot was already gone. And Crowder was kind of coming down and landing. And he just puts two hands in his chest and shoves him to the ground. And it's on. Ten guys right in front of the fans. And we've seen multiple situations where that's not good. Malice at the Palace, but there have been other ones too. I could be wrong, but I think there was a piston nick thing at the Garden years ago that rolled right down along the baseline or the sideline on the near side. I could have the teams wrong, though. I'm a little fuzzy on it, but I definitely remember seeing see like a mass of humanity and grazing the end of the stands. I thought that's where we were going. Refs, assistant coaches came in, and these guys were hot. And NBA guys don't really want to fight. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want to break their hand. They don't want to have their face broken. They don't want to get suspended, and they don't want to get fined. There's a whole list of bad things that happen, and they get mad, but they don't really want to go. And these guys didn't go, but it did feel to me like they were a little closer to going than the average chest-puffing. This is not your typical little... Handbags at 30 paces. Bark at each other. It's one of my media friends likes to say. Uh, And then, of course, it uh, carried on. Well, they, they kicked Peyton out for the shove. They kicked Crowder out. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. also got ejected. Morris made comments about Crowder in the postgame, called the shot unprofessional, said the Crowder had female tendencies, then later issued an apology for his comments on social media shortly afterwards. So, I think the NBA League office just got a little extra work. NBA has alerted teams to the impending release of uh, the 2021 salary and luxury tax projections. Everyone's expecting revenue in China to be down, the salary cap and the luxury tax to drop. ESPN saying maybe about three million bucks, one sixteen to one thirteen for the cap. That'll put the guy the squeeze on people headed into free agency. How long to get that revenue going again going forward? Most teams have a lot of salary coming off the book in the summer of 2021. So probably more of a short-term squeeze and then in the long term be able to adjust when a lot of contracts come up. Kawhi Leonard said he's uh, considering, reconsidering use of helicopter transportation in the wake of Kobe Bryant and the crash in Calabasas. They shared the same pilot. They did share the same pilot. And Kawhi uh, doesn't always stay. I mean, NBA lifestyle is different. You can have something near Staples and something in Orange County like Kobe did, or Kawhi, in his case, coming all the way from San Diego. He's got a house down there, yeah. But that area, you know, aside from all the mechanical issues, pilot air, the fog that we've heard about in Calabasas, up and down the coast, it's a huge issue, especially in the morning before it burns off. If you've all been down there for vacation, you know what I'm talking about. 
So Kawhi rethinking that. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. All right, we got college hoop tonight. 6.30, a little on the early side for BYU and Pepperdine. Uh, BYU ought to win this. They need to win this. Pepperdine's 11-10 overall, 4-3 in the West Coast Conference. In other words, just good enough to wreck BYU if BYU comes out and plays a C-minus, D-plus game. Like you did against Come USF. out at home and do your thing. You should be fine. Pepperdine's not all that. Just good enough to make a mess. I saw the uh, bracketology projections from Joe Lenardi, BYU, a 10 seed even after the loss at USF. Okay, you use your mulligan, but remember 12 is where you start getting into the playing games and then you're out. So there's a little bit of a cushion there, but how about taking care of business? 6.30, CBS Sports Network for the BYU game. Then at 7.30, Utah's on FS1. They're playing USC. USC 16-4 overall, 5-2 in the conference. Lost to Oregon and Washington, two teams Utah's lost to. And USC, most importantly, 8-1 at home. Utah's done some good things, but they've done them at home, and they've done them, in the case of Kentucky, on a neutral court. Now, they also went back for a tournament and had a terrible neutral court, so that's been an up and down. But the road, 1-4. So, can they get this win? This would be great if they get it. Honestly, I'm, I'm into camp low expectations. Call me soft. I think I'm just being realistic. Beat USC, or excuse me, lose to USC, beat UCLA on Sunday afternoon. Seems like the most likely way to get out of L.A. with a split. But you never know. The Pac-12 doesn't have greatness at the top, and when you don't have greatness, you got somebody who have an off night. And so if you got a chance to take advantage of that, get her done. 7.30 FS1. Weber State is playing Southern Utah in Cedar City tonight at 7 o'clock. And UVU lost at home to Cal Baptist. Got a nice win at Grand Canyon, but Cal Baptist at home, that's got to sting. Lose 65-61. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. What would it mean to you to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl? I, I will tell you, I will be shedding tears of joy for Andy. For That's big, how good of a guy he is. Win. Absolutely. He's, he's a phenomenal human being. Um, you know, and obviously, obviously we don't get it always, as fans, you don't always get a chance to see what that people part are actually of a coach like. Yeah. Behind closed doors, when he pulls into his office, just you and him, and you're t- he's talking about specific things to help you as a person right. and as a player. You don't get, you're not privy, privy to that as a fan. So he's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. There's Brian Dawkins talking about why he personally is rooting for Andy Reid, and that just goes right across the NFL. We had uh, um, Chad Lewis on to talk about this, and I mean, Chad just you know couldn't say enough nice things. And, and he, he went to exactly what Brian said. There's stuff you just don't get to see if you're not on the team. The one-on-one conversations, the conversation on the sideline, he is the most of all Lavelle's coaching tree, protégés, assistant coaches, uh, the people who know him, and I don't know Andy, but I've heard enough people say this, he is so Lavelle-like, it'll freak you out. He's got many of Lavelle's best qualities, and those qualities just really endear him to assistant coaches, players, ex-players. So a lot of people rooting for him to get the Super Bowl win. He's lost a Super Bowl. He's been to seven conference championships now. He's had a lot of good teams. And Sunday's got a chance to get to the mountaintop. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell always does the State of the League speech Super Bowl week, and he said that the Rooney Rule has fallen short of its intended purpose, and the league needs to address it. I think there are a lot of African-American assistant coaches who would say, no bleep. 
To Goodell's credit, because it is easy to jump up and down on him, especially when you're in Salt Lake City and he's in New York, you don't have to answer for it or ever talk to him. The quote, clearly, clearly we are not where we want to be on this issue. We have a lot of work that's gone in not only the Rooney Rule, but our policies overall. It's clear we need to change and do something different. There's no reason to expect that we're going to have a different outcome next year without those kind of changes, and we've already begun to engage in those changes. Now, actions speak louder than words. Let's be clear on that. But if you're going to go with the words, at least he said clearly twice. He didn't hem and haw and equivocate. and So try something different because keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep getting the same results. At some point, isn't there a competitive edge to be had if there's a pool of people capable of doing a certain job or function and no one is willing to go to that pool of people, whoever it is, whether it's by race or religion or gender or socioeconomic status or any of the other ways we yeah. divide ourselves. If you tap into that pool, you have an advantage. If you're, as a baseball yeah. historian. You'd think. As a guy who had a dad who lived in San Diego but was way into all the New York teams for reasons that aren't exactly clear to me other than they were probably accessible national radio broadcasts or whatever. I don't know. You know, I heard all about the Dodgers were terrible. And the Dodgers got good because they embraced the players in the Negro Leagues. They embraced African-American players. Jackie Robinson. They got Jackie Robinson first. But, hey, you need an MVP, you go get Roy Campanella. You need a a star at the top of your rotation, a Cy Young guy, you'll get Don Newcomb on down the line. And all of a sudden, you win the first World Series after struggling for 50 years. When Andy Reid, going back to him, he's actually advocated for his offensive corner, Eric Bieniemy, who is African-American, to get a job, and he's not been given that opportunity yet. So, at some point... I mean, you can have the Rooney rule and all of that, but it seems like if there are good coaches who aren't being given a chance and you're struggling, give them a chance. Now, of course, you still got to get the right guy. And it's football, so you got to get a hundred other things right. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Yuck, I love your typos. <laughs> what I do now. The Houston Astros officially announced the hire of Duty Baker as their new manager. The stupid keyboard doesn't <laughs> like me. Ah, there it is. Duty Baker. Dusty Baker's been out there forever. It's not a big shock. The guys had multiple good teams. Uh, had a good run with the Giants, the Cubs, the Nationals. And Houston needs credibility. And they need strong leadership. They need a voice. And you know, Dusty Baker had a long and really good playing career. I mean, this guy's just, he's a baseball lifer, and Houston's obviously, they're going to have some stuff to work through. And it's going to wear them all year. They're going to, uh, PK was telling you about the Angels are selling tickets to a Dodger to kind of fan club. There's some kind of fan club. There's like 800 people in this group. They're buying tickets to go heckle them. This is going to happen everywhere. People are bitter. They won seven-game series. Did they get just enough edge to knock off the Dodgers in seven? Now, they're not going to go play the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. That's why Dodger fans are going to Anaheim to go to Angel games. But they also won the ALCS in seven over the Yankees. Oh, right. You're going to hear it in New York. You are going to hear it. And you can hear it everywhere you go. And it's going to get in guys' heads. And our other teams, hey, there's other pitchers out there who haven't said anything, Clayton Kershaw, and other guys are going to address it as they they go to camp and do their first media stuff. And Kershaw wants to hear something. What's that going to sound like? Maybe Dusty can help that happen. And maybe he can be that calm voice in the dugout when things are getting ugly, when 
you know, they're on a losing, the inevitable losing streak in a 162-game season and opposing ballparks are just letting them have it. Which I think they deserve to hear, so let's get on with it. Here we go. All right, what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690, that's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Craig Bullerjack at 8.30 to talk jazz. Reno Maya to talk Super Bowl. We're going to hear more from him because obviously he played for Andy Reid with the Eagles uh, when he was in the NFL. The former Cougar will join us coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll talk Super Bowl with Reno. Coming up next, all right, the Jazz have lost back-to-back games for the first time since they lost three in a row in early December. What's going on? What's the problem? There's more than one. What's your, for lack of a better phrase, favorite problem? We'll get to that. Try to fix what ails the Jazz. We'll do that next. Stay with us.